Are you happy in your nursing job? Are you miserable in your nursing job? Do you loathe your job? Do you love your job? Let's talk nursing jobs here on episode 26 of The Nurse Keith Show. Welcome to The Nurse Keith Show, where I share with you the education and inspiration you need to take your nursing career to the next level. The Nurse Keith Show is your destination for savvy and up-to-date information that will assist you in creating the most satisfying nursing and healthcare career possible. Welcome and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Nurse Keith Show. As I mentioned, this is indeed episode 26. My thanks again for tuning in. It's great to hear from people. It's great to get support for the podcast. Many thanks as always to Kevin and Elizabeth over at RNFM Radio and to Jamie and the folks over at ProMed Network for syndicating us. Greatly appreciated and I'm so happy that this show is reaching more and more nurses and healthcare professionals every week. So I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to dig into today's topic. We're talking about jobs. This is going to be a little rant, and I hope you will indulge my diatribe and enjoy and get something out of today's episode. So lately I've been listening to a podcast that just crossed my desk. It is called The Fizzle Show, and it's done by the folks over at fizzle.com. They're an organization that helps entrepreneurs and small business people stay motivated and inspired and really get things going in their business. However, they also talk about what happens when you're still working and you're not starting your own business and you need to figure out how to survive in the workplace. So these folks, all of whom I think are in their 30s, they're super savvy, really funny, and they have a lot to say about business about jobs, about the job market, the economy, skills of entrepreneurship, and also the skills of just being a satisfied, happy worker in the 21st century. So I highly recommend The Fizzle Show. There will be links to it in the show notes, and I'm going to specifically link to their episode number 114, which is entitled, How to Deal with a Job You Loathe. So go over to the show notes over at nursekeith.com slash 26. Again, that's nursekeith.com forward slash 26. And you can read all the show notes and see all of the links and other resources and information that will be there for you. And those show notes are available for every episode of the Nurse Keith show at nursekeith.com. Anyway, let's get to the topic at hand. In listening to episode 114 of the Fizzle Show, they were talking about what do you do when you work at a job you hate? Or what if you're just really unhappy? Maybe it's a bad cultural fit. You don't really get along with your colleagues. The culture of the place just doesn't really jive with you. Or maybe it's just a soul-sucking job and you just feel horrible every day you go there. So they talk about Sunday night dread, that dread of going to work on Monday morning. Now, 
some of you nurses out there are going to be laughing because I bet lots of you might work in hospitals or other facilities where you work weekends and nights and Sunday nights, just another night because you probably worked Friday and Saturday. Anyway, even if your dread comes on Thursday because your day off is Tuesday and Wednesday, you get the idea. So Sunday night dread, you can extrapolate that to mean dreading going into work, period. So the Fizzle folks, oh, I like that, the Fizzle folks, came up with three very, very basic strategies when you're unhappy at your job. One is, do you need to quit and find something better? Two is, can you somehow make the job you have better or at least survivable so that you can stay and maybe look for another job on the side, but figure out a way to make that job a little bit better? Is it possible? The third, because they're also entrepreneurs and they help support entrepreneurs in launching businesses or getting already launched businesses launched even further, do you need to create your own job so that you don't have to have a job you hate? You basically show up at the job that you've created for yourself. So those were the three very simple solutions they came up with, but the Fizzle folks actually dig deeply into all three of those to discuss the ins and outs of making a job better staying where you are, finding a new one, or creating your own. But one of the things I was thinking about while listening to that podcast today while I was driving in Santa Fe was that as Americans, we really identify with our work. We identify with our jobs. Maybe it's that Puritan work ethic. Maybe it's just the zeitgeist and the culture that's developed here over the last however many hundred years. But our work means a lot to us, and it means a lot to our identity and our sense of self. In fact, our work and our jobs or our businesses, if we're business owners, can feel like another marriage. You know, you feel like you're married to your work. And I often hear that from people who own, let's say, restaurants or cafes where it's food service. They feel like it is another marriage because they're there 24 hours a day. They probably spend more time with their employees than they do with their spouse, unless their spouse actually happens to work with them at the restaurant or cafe. But anyway, we identify deeply with our work. And I know specifically that many nurses deeply identify with the notion of being nurse, with their nursiness, with their attachment to being of service and really feeling that identity of their professional self. They're a nurse, and it really means a lot to them. So let's go back to if you have a job you really hate or really loathe. If the culture at your job really doesn't work for you, and you feel like there's no breathing room in that culture for you to speak up and maybe activate or initiate change, that's not a very good fit. So you might be learning great skills at that job, but there might be a lot of harassment, bullying, horizontal violence, backbiting, infighting. So even if the job is helping you clinically to develop your skills, for instance, perhaps it's sucking you dry because the atmosphere, the environment, the psychic environment is really vampiric and is just sucking you of all energy and just feels absolutely horrible. If the culture at your workplace is thus, if it's this negative, it's probably time to get out. However, if you work in an organization that has more transparency and more authenticity, 
and you have administration and managers and supervisors and colleagues who are willing to sit down, talk, see if they can change things and make it better for everyone, go for it. Give it a try. See if it's possible to change it. But if you know that your workplace is not going to change, you probably need to get out because a terrible culture at your workplace is a horrible thing and really lead to burnout, physical illness, emotional disruptions in your life, and all sorts of things that you would rather avoid, right? So you really need to assess your organization, assess your job in your workplace for openness to change. Is your opinion valid? Is it valued? If not, it's time to jump ship, I think. Now, if you want to look for a job, that's a whole other issue. We have talked about job hunting a little bit here on the show, but we'll talk about it some more now. If you can find something that will be better, go for it. That's really important. You have to be choosy. You have to be picky and find a place that really fits. That's very difficult to ascertain during an interview. So this means more going and finding people who work for different organizations or facilities, interviewing them, meeting them for coffee, talking to them on the phone, emailing them through LinkedIn, and figuring out if perhaps there's a cultural fit for you at a particular workplace. If you happen to visit a facility, organization, office, wherever it is you might be working in the future, if you go in for an interview or an informational interview, see what it feels like when you walk in. Does it smell bad? Are people unhappy? Do people not smile or make eye contact? Are there ways in which the workplace feels dead? You know, I tell some of my clients, my coaching clients, when they go in for an interview, I say, do people make eye contact with you? What do you feel in your body when you walk in? I've walked into buildings or workplaces or companies where when I walked in, my stomach was almost immediately in knots or I immediately got a headache or I just felt horrible when I walked into the building. You can tell a lot for how you feel and how the other people look, react, and look at you or don't look at you when you're taking a tour or walking around. So use your intuition. And if the hair stands up on the back of your neck when you go in for an interview, it may not just be nervousness. It's that there's something wrong in that particular village and you don't necessarily want to hang out there for the long term. Let's talk about the job search process. A few minutes ago, I used the term job hunting, and I wasn't really planning to use that term, but I'm actually glad I did because it's a common term in our society, in our culture. And hunting usually involves violence and usually involves killing something because you're actually going out there to kill something so that you can eat it, hang it on your wall, or do whatever hunters do with the things that they kill. So job hunting... Yeah, it's a term that we use a lot, but I think a job search is probably a safer term, and I might be splitting hairs here up, no pun intended, not splitting hairs or rabbits. So it's a job search. It's also what I like to tell my clients, research and development. If you walk into every workplace where you might be working in the future, every potential workplace, if you walk into every interview or informational interview as if this might be the be-all, end-all for you, for your career, you're definitely not approaching it from a research and development standpoint. Some people's job search can kind of feel like dating. 
It's like they're dating, they're going to kiss a lot of frogs till they find the frog that turns into the prince or princess. That's fine, but there's a desperation that can come into dating, for instance. I know that from having been single and talking to many single friends. And there's a desperation that can come into your job search as well. So instead of coming from a desperate place of, I've got to find a job because I've got to pay my bills, because that energy might cut off your intuition and not help you be at your best in the interview and also help you not to really notice the things that you should be noticing when you're in that interview or visiting that workplace. Stay in that research and development phase, that open, curious phase, rather than the more narrow-minded, blinders-on feeling of, oh my God, I hope this job works because I really need the money. So we can say we're hunting for a job. We can say we're searching for a job. We can also say that we're in a process of manifesting the right job for ourselves. So you can use whatever term you like. I like to split hairs a little bit and talk about words because I'm a writer and words are important to me. I'm sort of starting to resonate with this notion of manifesting the right job because that has a notion that you have some power in this position. You're not just searching until something comes up on the horizon and you point your boat to it and hope that it's a successful docking. Anyway, in terms of setting yourself up for success in your job search process, I want to mention a few older episodes of the Nurse Keith show that I'll put in the show notes for you so you can link to them really quickly because there's aspects of the job search or the manifestation process that you really want to make sure you have buttoned up and ready to go. So one is your resume. Resumes are important still in the 21st century. Someday maybe we won't use them anymore, but you still need one. Episode 6 of the Nurse Keith Show talks about resumes. Definitely get your resume buttoned up and have it looking really sharp and really great. I have to say, I see a lot of horrible resumes. We receive resumes at the place where I work all the time, and as director of nursing, I review them with my charge nurse, and some of them are atrocious. A recent one we received, the person did not put their credentials anywhere on the resume. I had to dig to the bottom of the second page to see that she had a bachelor's in nursing. Nowhere up top did it say her name, comma, RNBSN. It just said her name. I had to look really hard to find out what her credentials were. Not a good idea. Also, another resume we received, for each position, it said how many years she had worked there, but didn't say when. So it could have been 1972 to 1975 when she said three years. I have no idea if it was in the 70s, the 90s, or it was last year that she left that job. So you have to have the actual dates you were there. Don't worry about the month, just at least put the years. Now, episode five of the Nurse Keith Show covers LinkedIn. You definitely need to get into LinkedIn. You need to figure out how to use it. If you need to talk to me about how to use it, do so. There are lots of resources out there for you to do it for free. If you need help from me, let me know. We can talk about what that would look like. LinkedIn is important. You've got to do it. It's the 21st century. Episode 5 will walk you through the initial steps of how to look at LinkedIn and how to consider using it. In terms of thank you letters, cover letters, your business card, all these different pieces of your career toolbox, I recommend episode 11 of the Nurse Keith Show because I dive deep into business cards, how to have a professional outgoing voicemail message, how to have a professional signature on your email account, and all those other aspects that are really important 
all the tools in your nursing career toolbox that need to be in place to set you up for success. Now, if you want to talk about networking, especially deep networking, which I love to talk about with clients and other folks who are interested in such animals, episode 16 of the Nurse Keith Show is where you need to go to hear about networking skills, deep networking, how to take your networking to the next level. And in terms of informational interviews that come out of that networking, episode 22 is the way to go. And for regular job interviews, episode 18. So all of these episodes of the Nurse Keith Show will indeed be linked in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash 26. And you can click on those links and listen to those episodes right from your computer or load them into your podcast platform and listen to them on the go. So let's get back to this whole idea of jobs and whether you get a job and when you interview for a job, is it the right one for you, et cetera, et cetera. So there are lots of factors here. There's the competition that's out there. There's what they're actually looking for. And if you can match your skills, attributes, and expertise to those positions. And it also comes down to your energy, the energy you put out there, the enthusiasm, the motivation that you're manifesting in your life, your personality, and also the personality fit with the work culture that you're dealing with or looking to become a part of. And there's timing. Sometimes, folks, it's just timing. It has nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. There's nothing you did wrong. Timing is sometimes everything. There's lots of factors that influence whether you get this job or not. And sometimes you really have very little control over the outcome, don't you? And some clients come to me because they're really conflicted. They're in a job maybe they like. They're not super unhappy but they'd like to make a change. Or maybe they are slightly unhappy and they also want to make a change. And they come to me because this job they're applying for that they actually think they're going to get, maybe the salary is a little bit less. Maybe they're giving up an evening differential or a weekend differential that they've really grown accustomed to financially. And maybe emotionally as well. They like earning that particular amount of money per hour because they feel that that shows their value and they really value themselves and want to earn that amount of money per hour. And I don't blame them. But when it comes to jobs, if you really need to make a move and there's a job that really speaks to you on various levels, whether it's skills, experience, whatever it is you're going to glean from that position, from that experience, maybe losing quote unquote a dollar an hour or $50 a week, maybe it's worth it because we need to look at not just the salary, though of course we all need money, but we want to look at is there room for advancement? Are there promotions in the wings that you might be able to go for? Are there networking and professional growth opportunities within that organization that are well worth giving up a couple dollars an hour? Are there amazing colleagues that you're going to be working with from whom you're going to learn so much that over the course of several years, it's going to take your skills or your expertise or your knowledge to a whole nother level. And while you might have taken a slight pay cut at that particular job, maybe that job will end up catapulting you to another position or a new phase of your career where you're going to make astronomically more money than you were making before. Now, this isn't for certain, but 
These are some of the things that can happen when you look beyond the salary and look at all the other quote-unquote fringe benefits. Speaking of fringe benefits, a lot of jobs don't really offer much in terms of benefits anymore. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you'd sign up for a full-time job and there was short-term, long-term disability, really good health insurance, dental coverage, eyeglass coverage, coverage for your kids and your spouse, health insurance for your mother-in-law. There was so much being offered, 401ks, 403bs. There was an incredible array of benefits being offered for so many jobs and job packages back in the day. I remember in the late 90s and maybe early 2000s, I had incredible benefits from some of the jobs that I was working in Massachusetts. It was absolutely astounding, and I was so happy to have such incredible benefits when I had a school-aged child. Those times are gone. Yeah, there are some people out there with really great benefits, but they're few and far between now. So we have to look at the fringe, fringe benefits of our jobs. Room for advancement, promotion, networking opportunities, new skills, knowledge, expertise. Those are the benefits we need to think of because the other benefits are pretty much out the window for so many jobs out there now. So folks, we've talked a little bit about if you're stuck in a job that you're not really happy at, can you make it better? Do you need to find something new? Do you need to create your own job and become an entrepreneur or business person because that's what you need to do to be happy? We touched on that. We also touched on the notion of identity and how we are so identified with our work and our professional lives here in the United States and probably in many other developed countries as well. We also talked about job hunting or searching or manifesting, and I gave you lots of ideas for other Nurse Keith Show episodes to listen to when you want to brush up on your resume, your LinkedIn, your cover letter, all those other aspects of the job manifestation process definitely check out those episodes. And I'm going to make sure that you have links to Fizzle, thefizzleshow.co, and also episode 114 of Fizzle to talk about how to deal with a job you loathe. So remember, when you're looking for work, it's not just about the salary and the benefits. We need to look at the broader, deeper benefits, quote-unquote, of that position because it's not always the money that's going to make that job work for us. I know money's important, but we need to look at the bigger picture, the larger trajectory of our career, so that we make professional choices for our career, for the positions we'd like to work, that will really work for us in the bigger picture. So this has been episode 26, folks. I will be back with episode 27 very soon. I wish you the best. I wish you a wonderful day, evening, morning, afternoon, weekend, whenever you're listening to this show. I greatly appreciate you tuning into the Nurse Keith Show. If you're at all moved to do so, please go over to iTunes, click on Store, search for the Nurse Keith Show, and leave a testimonial or review. That really helps bring this show up in the ranks at iTunes and gets it in front of many more people who will then hear it through their ears, get this information into their brain, and be inspired and educated by what I have to share. I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for being in touch. You can sign up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com. Please reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or by email, keith at nursekeith.com. Have a wonderful day. I'll be back soon. Thanks for tuning in. Be well. 
Thanks for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from today's episode, and I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your career satisfaction and professional development. Be sure to follow the show on iTunes, follow at Nurse Keith on Twitter, like Nurse Keith Coaching on Facebook, and email me at keith at nursekeith.com with your questions and comments. Stay positive, care for yourself and others, keep moving your career forward, and tune in again as we explore how to make your nursing and healthcare career better than you ever imagined.